Welcome, everybody, to the Bat Flip Podcast. This is episode number 159, and this is not Damien starting us off today. This is Matt. Um, Damien is under the weather. We both hope he feels a lot better. Uh, I'm here today with David. We're going to talk about the AL East and start our divisional breakdowns, which is very exciting. It's one of my favorite uh, parts of this parts of the you know the calendar for. For our podcast is kind of getting to deep dive into each one of the divi- different divisions we have and uh, and get started with that. So, uh, David, uh, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, it's Daytona 500 week. I hope everybody had fun at their uh, Super Bowl parties last last night and then uh, you know two nights ago if you're watching or listening tomorrow. But yeah, it's uh, it was a nice night. Got to. Watch that whole game. Pretty good game. Overtime, right? So uh, Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and we're hoping for a good Daytona 500 this week. And race season's starting. You know what that means is baseball season's about to start. And uh, both of those are some of my favorite times of the year, right? When uh, you know, spring's right around the corner, it's kind of those those first signalings of spring and of baseball. So really exciting. Really unfortunate that uh, all the Boris free agents are still sitting out there. But we're not talking about free agents today, necessarily. We're talking about uh, the AL East. So before we get started, Matt, how are you doing uh, after Super Bowl Sunday? I'm doing pretty good. I had a had a really good uh, good time watching the Super Bowl. It was a great game. Uh, we uh, we we had a you know a little get together with some friends, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I, it was you know it was the end of football season. You know, um, I, I I really enjoy football, but. Uh, but the end of football season means baseball season is about to start. We've already had two teams report uh, to spring training with the Do- Dodgers and the Padres uh, reporting early because they're playing in that Korea series. Uh, I believe it's in the middle of March. Um, I, I yeah. don't think it's the end of March. I think they've got like two weeks before the rest of the teams start playing. They go over and play that series. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, everyone else is reporting this week. Uh, maybe yeah. Wednesday. Is that when most by, teams are reporting? By when? Yeah, by it should be by Wednesday. I think by Friday, everybody will be officially report. I think the 16th is the the last day for for reporting to to take place. So yeah, everyone will be reported unless your uh, agent is Scott Boris. Yep. That's. So. Ugh. We'll try not to talk about that too much, but uh, if if one of these five teams does sign a Boris free agent before uh, before next week, we do apologize. <laughs> Yeah, because so, they haven't signed yet. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to do these breakdowns when you don't know for sure. But I don't know if any of these teams are fully in. I know that the Red Sox have been rumored a little bit with Jordan Montgomery because his wife yeah. is, uh, you know, it's from Boston and stuff. Um, you know, I guess theoretically, you know, the Blue Jays maybe have a little bit of money to spend still. Uh, the Yankees, you never know about them. I know at one time they were a player for Snell. I don't know if they're still that way, but you know it might be something to look out for. But I, I really do think most of these five teams are pretty built for this season already. So uh, I guess we can uh, start off by just kind of talking about you know what happened last year. Um, the you know, the Orioles won this division last year um, with I believe 101 wins. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay, after starting like 20 and 0 on the season, still won like 98, 99 games, something like that. And they, they ended up losing, uh, you know, losing the division to the Orioles at the end, and 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 they lost to the Rangers in the wild card round. Um, and then you had the uh, the Blue Jays finish third, and did they? 
89. They won oh, 89, 89 they, beat, they, they did not. They yes. made the playoffs. They, yeah. they lost to the Twins, right? They did. Okay, oh, they, and then... Yeah. Yeah, yes. I knew they lost in the wild card round. But then the Boston Red Sox and the... Uh, and the New York Yankees both missed the playoffs. The Yankees finishing fourth and the Red Sox finishing fifth last year. Um, so it was a very topsy-turvy. That might be the exact opposite of what we had predicted the uh, division would be last year. <laughs> Maybe the Red Sox would have been a tick lower than second. But, uh, you know, it was pretty much the opposite. So um, that was uh, it was very entertaining. It's a very competitive division. I think that it might, it's probably the best division in baseball. Um you could maybe make an argument for the NL West, but because of their top teams, but man, the or, or the AL West, but man, the you know, there's no real weak link in this division. Like the Red Sox are pretty clearly the you know fifth going in, and they're still a pretty good team. So uh, I guess we'll start off by going in reverse order of last year's standings, and uh, which means our first team we'll talk about is the Boston Red Sox. So David, uh, you know, I think we'll start off by just kind of talking to both of us about. Uh, you know, the, the kind of what, what's happened this offseason, the in and out moves, uh, kind of our favorite ones, and maybe give an offseason grade, and then we can kind of give an outlook on, the, on these teams for this upcoming season. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start with just a couple of the Red Sox big, big moves, and I think their primary biggest move uh, outside of the player orgs here was getting Craig Breslow on board from the Cubs organization as president of baseball operations and kind of taken over for Heim Bloom, who um, got fired, I think, out of his role. Yeah, he got um, fired. As, yeah, so, you know, and they're turning it over in, in Breslow's first offseason. It's been a bit of a, almost a bit of a sell period where he didn't bring back Justin Turner, Corey Kluber, or James Paxton, right? All those guys have moved on to other organizations or in Kluber's case, retired. Um you know, he signed on Lucas Giolito, who was one of the more polarizing free agents. And he's made a couple of kind of buy trades on on guys with a little bit lower value, like Vaughn Grissom and Tyler O'Neill, uh, at the cost of Chris Sale, who obviously a big contract that was signed uh, before Craig Breslow ever got there. So a number of, of interesting moves from the Red Sox, but I don't think any that really tip the scales on their ability to be competitive in 2024, right? I mean... Tyler O'Neill was is very much a a question mark. You know, he's a he's a big muscular guy, but he's really only had one good season of being able to make powerful contact with the ball that results in home runs. Um, and then you know he's also getting hurt a lot. So you know they they have a re- I think what we'll we'll go to next is the the Red Sox core. But but for the free agency moves themselves, I, I come away pretty unimpressed with the Red Sox offseason so far. Yeah, um, I'm with you on those. Um, I think that one interesting thing you mentioned, the Craig Breslow coming in and being the new uh, decision maker there. And I think you've kind of seen that in the places that they have new decision makers in town, they've kind of been slow off seasons for them. You look at the, the, the Red Sox, the Marlins with a new decision maker in town has, haven't done very much this off season. You look at the Mets with David Stearns coming in, like they haven't done very much, especially compared to what they've done in the past. They've made a few more moves than, than uh, the Marlins have, but uh, it's, it's definitely been interesting. And I think sometimes when, when a new, new uh, general manager or president of baseball operations, whichever one a team prefers to have as their decision maker comes in, I think a lot of times they end up, uh, you know, just having a one off season and maybe one season to kind of feel things out, especially like when they're not expected to win the World Series the next year. 
So I, I think that might be kind of what's going on with Craig Breslow. He kind of wants to, you know, kind of fill out what they have, kind of how the organization operates. So they haven't made a ton of moves. They have made some interesting moves. The Lucas Giolito move was one that I think we had some discussion about, you know, whether we liked or not uh, back back when it happened. Um, you know, moving Alex Verdugo was very interesting. I think they got some upside in that trade. So, uh, you know, Tyler, Tyler O'Neill is a guy that I think that was a really good pickup just because – Tyler O'Neill a couple years ago was a six-win player, and he had a bad year last year. Now, there were a lot of things last year where it seemed like he just was not on board with, like, the new structure of everything. They had a lot of – he had a falling out with his manager, like, the first week of the season, and things just didn't get off to a good start. He's also dealt with a lot of injuries these last couple of years, too. So if he can, you know, he's a good buy low guy. Um, and then, they, you know, they move some veterans to get some young guys. I think that's kind of what we're looking at with the Red Sox. They're not in a rebuild rebuild, but they're kind of retooling a little bit because, you know, this division is going to be very difficult to win. And I think you could make the argument if the Red Sox just went out and went bonkers in free agency, they could probably build a team that could compete for this division. But at the same time, you know, you can reset because I think a couple of the teams here at the top of this division in, in the Blue Jays and in the uh, and in the Rays are kind of starting to fall just a little bit. So not a lot, but maybe a little bit. You know, the Rays have lost some key pieces this, these, these last couple of years. There's some question marks there. The Blue Jays, there's there's some question marks for them going forward as well. Uh, so a few aging guys in their rotation and you know, pending free agents in a couple of years. So I think it's kind of the Red Sox are kind of, you know, passing the torch to their next wave. So I think that this season, uh, this off season has been interesting. I mean, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a C plus. I mean, they did make some interesting moves, but when you're a team like the Red Sox, if you're not making impact moves on your major league team, it's hard to give you much higher than that. Yeah. My grade with, it could be a lot better if, Vaughn Grissom and Tyler O'Neill yeah. come out and, and perform like they have in the past, right? And it's not the recent versions of those two guys that have struggled mightily. Same for Lucas Giolito. Um, this grade could be as high as a B. It's it's basically, you know, one of those, you know, incentive-laden contracts, right? Where this, they can get a B-plus from me with this offseason if those guys go crazy and play really well and, and you know, cement themselves as future starters on a on a playoff Red Sox team. But as of right now, this is a C-minus type offseason for me. Um, you know, trading away Alex Verdugo, who's very productive, trading away Chris Sale, which is a bit of a salary dump. But, I mean, that's a guy who won you the World Series a few years ago. Like, that's never a... A good move in the in the fan base side of things, even though Chris Sale's been hurt over the last couple of seasons. Um, he's still only 35, right? You know, I thought Chris Sale was like ancient, uh, and he he's probably still got some good years in him. So you know, they did get some value for him, but again, not a popular move. And you know, like it's it's got the upside of of being a high B's, but for now, for me, C minus. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I, th- I think we're kind of on the same page there. But, uh, you know, looking at their team for this this season that is there, um, you know, they've got an interesting roster. They are, you know, picked to, by most people probably to finish last in this division. But their, their, their roster's got some good players. I mean, their lineup is still pretty good. You know, you kind of have to start with Rafael Devers. Uh, you know, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. He's had some uh, fluctuations defensively over the last couple years. Uh, where he had one year that was pretty decent defensively, decent-ish at least. And, uh, you know, but at times he's been really bad. But, you know, you've got some interesting young players here. You've got Tristan Casas, who was a former top prospect who really broke out last year. 
Um, you know, Masataka Yoshida is not necessarily young, but he's only in his second year in the big leagues after coming over from Japan, had a, a pretty successful first season uh, in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, you got guys like, like Vaughn Grissom. He's 23. He's going to get an everyday job. That's something he hadn't really been able to do yet. Jaron Duran last year as a rookie was pretty solid uh, in center field. Um, you know, he, he's another guy that you can maybe look at, you know, this second season taking a step forward. So they do have some good pieces in their rotation. I mean, in their, in their lineup. So I think if they, you know, cause we'll talk about their pitching here in a second, but I think if they are a team that's going to win, um, uh, a lot of games this year and, and, and surprise that I think it'll probably be because of a couple of those young guys like Grissom and Duran, uh, you know, stepping up and taking that next step, and then maybe a guy like Tyler O'Neill having a bounce back year. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- this this core group is actually quite strong, right? You know, Rafael Devers is always going to anchor your lineup, and the fact that he's been able to stick around at third base, I think, longer than a lot of people projected he would, is a big boon to the Red Sox, who have signed Devers for a really long time. Um, you know, Trevor Story is still on this team, right? Yeah. And that's if Trevor story is always going to have that possibility of being able to get back to that, that Trevor story that we know in, um, in Colorado where he's got, you know, light tower power and he's got the green monster to play off of. So all it takes is Trevor story to be healthy for a little bit. And maybe he can, you know, get back to, to the Trevor story of old and interesting Casas looks like a future, you know, superstar type of first baseman. Um, after his second half last year, he was very, very good. Got into the, the race for rookie of the year in the AL and, I, I just I like the way this the direction this team is going right. Craig Breslow has a very clear direction, um, but again, it's lacking a lot of of depth and it's lacking impact outside of those main guys. And you know that's going to be where this team loses. I think games is on the fringes of of those players when when the catcher position has to come to the plate and they're they're battling between Roberto Perez, Connor Wong, and Reese McGuire. Um, it's it's not it's not going to be great. I don't think so. Uh, you know, the, the Red Sox have a, a bit of a hole in their team and, you know, in a few places. And I think they'll, they'll try to solve that with those young guys, like you mentioned, and they have a really strong farm system as well, uh, between Rafaela, Roman Anthony, right. They've got some really good guys. Fellow mayor. Base. Yeah. And then Marcelo Mayer at shortstop. There's Nick York at second yeah. base too. Like they have a lot of very talented players prepared to come up and contribute and this is the type of year where you can see a lot of those young guys and you know figuring out who sticks in what positions yeah absolutely uh looking at the pitching side of things that's where things get a little bit sketchy in the starting rotation uh they're actually the the bullpen looks pretty good um you know you've got kenley jansen who it's kind of hard to say how well he's going to continue to do he had a good year last year uh is he going to be able to keep that up i'm not really sure Chris Martin, Chris Martin, if they unless they trade him, which is there's been some rumors out there about that. Um, Chris Martin was really good last year. I think both of those guys are going to give you solid seasons, assuming that they're still with the Red Sox. But you got to remember Garrett Whitlock's in that bullpen when he's been in a bullpen uh, arm. He's been really good in his career. And John Schreiber, Schreiber has had some good seasons, too. So they've got four or five guys in this bullpen that, that are pretty, pretty solid looking relievers. Now. On the other hand, the rotation is you've got a, a, a Lucas Giolito who has some upside. We've seen him do it before, but man, he really struggled last year, especially after he moved on from uh, from the Chicago White Sox. Behind him, you've got Brian Bayo, who's got a lot of upside. He's a younger arm. 
he's had he's been up and down a little bit over these first couple of years of his career, but he's you know he he started to show some real promise last year. But other than that, I mean, Nick Pavetta's okay. Cutter Crawford's not that great. Tanner Houck's not all that great. So, like, the, I think if this team struggles this year and and is likely to struggle, I think the pitching is just going to have a really hard time. Especially you know, Fenway's a pretty pretty good hitter's park too. So. It's going to be tough for them to limit runs, especially also with, I think their defense is just kind of not yeah. great. And I don't think Casas is very good at first. And Rafael Devers is not very good at third. Story's pretty solid. Vaughn Grissom in the, you know, at second, their infield defense, three out of their fours, not great. And, uh, you know, their outfield defense improves with, uh, you know, Yoshida going to, 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 to DH now and Tyler O'Neill coming in there to play left. But, uh, I, I, you know, I think their run prevention might be a problem this year. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree on all points, right? I am. Bayo was really strong in the first half last year. I think he fell off. I think he's just going to get better as he ages and uh, gets more, more strength and, and endurance. But overall, I mean, you know, you look at this Red Sox team and you're unimpressed by the pitching. I think top to almost the bottom. I, I think Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen. Some of those guys in the back end of the bullpen are very solid, but all those guys are on the last year of their deals, right? So uh, if not traded before the season, I anticipate that we will see some some moves out of this bullpen and uh, around the deadline, and they'll try to pick up as many prospects as they can and make a, a sell move. But yeah, I mean, if I was picking right now, I'm, I'm picking the Red Sox to finish last. You know, this, this rotation is just not very impressive. Yep. So the, the last thing that I think we can discuss with each team is just kind of w- what would be a success for their season. Um, you know, like every, obviously every team wants to win the World Series, but like re- in, within reasonable expectation for a team, you know, if, if what, what would consider a, a season, maybe a better way to put it, not a failure of a season. So for me, for this team, for the Red Sox, it would be, you know, you, your two free agent signings that, or, or trade guys who are kind of uh, – who were kind of, uh, you know, question marks with some upside. Giolito and O'Neill both have successful seasons, and you can flip O'Neill at the deadline because I believe he's a free agent after this year. And then Giolito is, is signed through next year, I believe, too. Uh, and then your young guys in Duran and Casas and Vaughn Grissom to kind of take that next step forward. That's the two things that I kind of look at for, for them and, uh, maybe next offseason is a really good pitching crop, and if you get those improvements, maybe hit one of the pitchers hits as well, then you, um, you know, maybe next offseason you can go really spend in that rotation and build a pretty good team. Yeah, I mean, for me, the success is, you know, seeing one of those guys that you mentioned that they acquired have a successful season, whether that be Tyler Grick, O'Neill, or Vaughn Grissom, finding a piece that you can plug into your starting lineup with a bunch of these guys that you're considering part of your future. You need to find additional pieces to your future if you are in this situation. And I'm sure the sure the Red Sox and Red Sox fans would really like for them to win, you know, 90 games and make the playoffs, but that doesn't seem very likely. And so for, you know, that's obviously a, an amazing success if they were able to do that. But, but looking at this roster, if you can confirm that, you know, Tyler O'Neill or Will Urabreu or Vaughn Grissom or or Sedan Raffaella or Roman Anthony or anybody who comes to the major leagues, Marcelo Mayer, any of those guys are able to come up and establish themselves as big league regulars to start 2025. That's a successful year in my mind because you need to, you know, have a successful team in Boston. You've got to, you know, be able to supplant your core of Devers, Casas, Yoshida with 
you know, some guys who are very reliable. And, you know, you used to have it with Bogarts, Betts, you know, Chris Sale, all those guys. They're all gone now, right? It's just Rafael Devers. So you, you've got to start finding members of that core that you can get a solid team and then build from there, like you said. So uh, that, that's where I'm at right now with the Red Sox. Yeah. So moving on, um, we will now talk about the New York Yankees. Uh, they finished fourth last year. Um, they won 82 games, I believe, last year. Um, so this is a team that, uh, you know, they, they obviously made the biggest move of the offseason in bringing in, you know, other than Otani, uh, in bringing in Juan Soto. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big one, right? It's the big one on this sheet is Juan Soto's on, on the Yankees now. Also, Alex Verdugo, they yep. got, went out and got Aaron Judge some outfield help. Uh, it solidifies that Stanton can play DH. Um, you know, this Yankees team is vastly improved uh, from last year. I, you know, we'll we'll go into the specifics, but overall, the offseason moves of Stroman, Verdugo, and Juan Soto are extremely positive, uh, and to the point that you know this might be one of the best off seasons of anybody. And and this is a group that didn't get their primary starting pitching target in Blake Snell uh, due to Boris, right? Being, you know, turning down 150 million guaranteed for Blake Snell, that's crazy. But, it, you know, the, I think this is a team that's that ends up with a little bit more reliability in Stroman and, um, you know, a shorter contract that they can obviously turn into a bigger deal down the road because it's the Yankees. So, uh, you know, this is a this is a really strong offseason and it's only a couple of guys, but that's really all this Yankees team is lacking. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is a really good offseason for the Yankees. I mean, anytime you can bring in a guy like Juan Soto, uh, obviously that makes your team a lot better. And I do believe the Yankees are, are in, you know, they last year they had some bad injury luck and just some things that didn't fall their way. Um, so I, I do think that they're a team that is uh, potentially, you know, is obviously in, in buy mode. I mean, the Yankees are always in buy mode, but I think they were a team before the offseason that should be in buy mode. And they did they did just that. Um, you know, I think Trent Grisham's another guy that they brought in that, that's going to help them as as having a really good defensive center fielder to throw in there. Because you, you got Soto and Verdugo and uh, Stanton and Judge. You don't really have an elite center field defender in, in that group. And, you know, the, uh, bringing, in, um, bringing in Grisham will help you with a little bit of versatility there. Uh, you know, Marcus Stroman, I think, was a pretty good signing. They really just needed depth and security within their rotation because um, I think the top of their rotation is already kind of handled. Um, and I honestly like this Marcus Stroman signing more than I would have liked Blake Snell here uh, because I just think Blake Snell in some ways is kind of a wild card. And I think you kind of need somebody that – and, of course, Marcus Stroman can be too, but he's typically pretty consistent with – the quality of the way he pitches. I mean, and, and, you know, Blake Snell, you've got this like, you know, up and down roller coaster where he's won two Cy Youngs, but he's had like a couple of pretty rough seasons in between there. Whereas, you know, with Stroman, you're kind of getting a mid to upper threes ERA pretty much every year. Um, you know, so I think that that was a good signing. Um, you know, they, they haven't done a ton to, to the rest of their, their team. Um, you know, they've had some young guys that have come up. I know it sounds like Austin Wells is going to be their catcher, uh, potentially. Um, him and, and Jose Trevino is still there, but, you know, they're hoping that he can take the step forward and, and really become their, their new catcher, um, you know, as a pretty high-rated prospect. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see with this team. Um, 
you know, starting off with just, I mean, we, we could we could talk all day about Juan, Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. Like, that's probably the two best hitters in baseball, not named, just pure hitters. I mean, you know, Acuna's in there, yeah. Freeman's in there, Betts is in there, Otani's in there, but they're, they're definitely in the top six or eight. And Judge is probably number one for me, even after, you know, he, he was still like the best hitter in baseball last year with, you know, except for being injured part of the year. So their lineup's got some really key pieces at the top of it. And I think that's what will really propel them if they if they do really well this year. Yeah, I mean, if I'm giving a grade on acquiring Juan Soto, it's A+, plus, yeah. right? I mean, oh, yeah. Like, and this is not a team that was – they won 82 games, but you, you mentioned the injury luck, right? A lot of their guys missed time. Injuries are very fluky. It's difficult to predict. If you're giving me the Yankees plus Aaron or plus Juan Soto, like that's that's really all they needed. And they went out and also grabbed Alex Verdugo to to fill out the other corner outfield spot. They grabbed Trent Grisham for the bench. They they put Marcus Stroman in the rotation. They traded for Caleb Ferguson and Victor Gonzalez from the Dodgers. Two guys that the Dodgers just don't need, but are very solid pitchers, by the way, uh, to, to fill out their bullpen. And they're getting a bunch of guys back from injury, like Scott Efros. And, you know, Rodon's going to be back from injury. Nestor Cortez hopefully doesn't get injured again this year. Like, you know, all that to say they also have Garrett Cole, Cy Young Award winner, right? So this is just a, this is a really good team. This this might be my pick for this division, right? It, it's going to be a, kind of a toss-up, but, you know, off-season grade, I mean, it's it's an, maybe it's just an A because maybe you could have gone Snell over Stroman, but I don't even know if that makes sense given where the Yankees are, given they just handed out a huge contract to Carlos Rodon last year. Like, you know, you just need Rodon to be good. That That's basically all it is. And Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, I love this offseason for the Yankees. I think they're set up to be, to be really, really strong next season. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I agree. I think if there's a place that this team maybe still has a weakness, it is uh, for one of them is is just you've got you've got your, all four of your infield spots are a little bit of a question mark because DJ LeMahieu was down last year. He's dealt with injuries the last couple of years. He's 36 years old. He's going to be your third third baseman on opening day. Um, you've got Anthony Rizzo, who was injured a lot last year. He's dealt with that back injury for several years. It's kind of a chronic type thing. Um, you know, he his numbers really dipped last year, but a lot of it was after he suffered that weird concussion where he didn't yeah. know he had a concussion for like a month, and he was just downright brutal for a month. And then he then they found out he had a concussion. Uh, and then you've got uh, Glaber Torres, who has been pretty good at times, but he's you know he's been a little bit up and down through his career. And Anthony Volpe, who showed some promise as a rookie last year, but you know the strikeouts were, were, were a problem. He didn't hit that that well. Mm-hmm. He did defend well, and he played uh, and he ran the bases extremely well. So you know you've got some pieces to build on in the middle of that infield, but there is some question mark there. And then just injuries. I don't think this is a super deep team. Like if you lose one of your big time bats like you just don't have a lot of depth there you, you know you're gonna have your top five in your order are gonna have to carry you and then you know if you lose one of your pitchers you know again like you're gonna be in trouble i mean garrett cole if you know he's he's incredible and carlos but and he's been really durable but like carlos rodon you can't afford to lose him again because when he pitches he's really good but i mean he's been like He's been injury prone through his career, and last year he barely pitched. And when he did, he didn't do all that well. So, Marcus Stroman last year, you know, really for the first time in a while, dealt with some injuries. 
Um, so there's there's real question marks with the injuries and stuff in this team and the depth. Um, I think that that's probably where, you know, if I tended to lean away from picking them for the division, even though I think that if everything – if everyone stays healthy, I think this is the best team. But I would probably stry, stray away from picking them in the division because of the depth concerns and, and just the, the injury history of a lot of their top guys. But this is a really good team, and, and obviously, you know, we'll talk about our, you know, you know our, our expectation for this team is – when it's the Yankees, I mean – we said, you know, I think World Series are bust. It's kind of their thing. Like, this team is built to go to the playoffs and try to win in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, nuance with the that discussion of what would be a success for this team. Yeah, it's it's getting right, make a deep run in the playoffs, right? That that's the goal of trading, you know, that much. Or you you can see it there on your screen. The the big prospect package to acquire Juan Soto. That is straight up a a World Series type of move. That's a that's a move to get deeper into the playoffs. It's a move to catch the teams above you in the division, um, and it's only a one year guarantee, right? I mean, I think when we get to Juan Soto's free agency next off season, it's going to be the Yankees are a heavy favorite, um, you know, almost maybe as big a favorite as the the Dodgers were to sign Otani this off season, you know, but. There's no guarantee Juan Soto comes back, and maybe he just doesn't like playing in New York for whatever reason, and and there's something that they can't control uh, that causes Soto to leave. And and so if, if that's the case, you give up that entire prospect package. If you don't make a deep playoff run, that is a wasted prospect package. So the expectation is absolutely deep playoff run, World Series or bust. You know, buying at the deadline, those types of things to improve the depth of this roster. We mentioned it, right? And the bullpen's a little bit. They need a closer, right? They need, they're going to need to shop at the deadline for a closer, and they just give up a lot of their prospects to acquire Juan Soto and, and Alex Verdugo. So, um, this is, you know, they're going to be one of those teams that's almost a little desperate to, to get back to those winning ways. But if you're going to be desperate, in my mind, you go out and get the best players, and that's what they've done. So, that makes the desperation perfectly reasonable, and um, it, it almost takes it straight to, to very logical, right? Yeah, sure, we traded a lot, but. We got the best player, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball. It's it's very smart. So watching Juan Soto and pinstripes, that's certainly going to be interesting this year. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, I guess we'll move on now to the next team, and that would be the Toronto Blue Jays, who won 89 games last year. They did make the playoffs, and of course they lost in the wild card round. Um, you know, I think I don't know if it's worse missing the playoffs or actually losing a postseason game to the Twins. But um, they managed to do that, um, and this this team is is interesting this year. Um, I think there's gonna I think we'll have a, a lot of discussion about these guys because I think there's a they they've been considered the favor a favorite in this division and really a World Series favorite for the last couple of years, but they've just been really uneven. I think is probably the right word for it. This team's just been real uneven, so. You know, this offseason, uh, they made some interesting moves. And, uh, you know, you kind of start with, uh, you know, bringing in uh, Justin Turner. Um, I mean, he's right. a, a guy that is, uh, you know, just a well-respected clubhouse guy. I think that's really important for this team. I think they needed that type of guy. Uh, you know, they brought in Kevin – they brought back Kevin Kiermeyer and they added Uriel Rodriguez, who was a – right-handed pitcher from the uh, Japanese league. He's from Cuba, 
And he, uh, in order to get to the U.S., he went to play in Japan for a few years, and now he's come over to the to the U.S. And he's he's kind of interesting. I think he's going to be a reliever, but um, there's I think they might we're going to try to stretch him out in spring training and see what it looks like. But uh, you know that, that's pretty much really all they added. Um, you know they also added IKF, but this team is. Um, you know, I, I, it was. It's been a disappointing off season for them, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you, they were in, they were in Otani, and they might. But and this is one of those teams that might not be done. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, this is. It's been a disappointing off season for the Blue Jays because they don't have Otani on this list, and they're as of right now, I think a worse team going into next season. Right, they've lost Matt Chapman, they've lost Brandon Belt. Both of those guys were very yeah. successful for them last year. Jordan Hicks was pretty good, and you know Whit Merrifield was their probably their best player in the playoffs, and all those guys are currently not back yet, um, with a couple of them definitely gone, right? And so, you know, like you said, we we might see them sign some of those guys back. I don't think they're out of the Matt Chapman sweepstakes, and I don't think they're necessarily out on either Cody Bellinger or one of the starters, but. I find it hard to believe villain. You know, they've, they've signed Gossman, Barrios and Bassett to really big lucrative free agent contracts in the rotation. I doubt that's going to be the direction they go. And remember they, they've got Boba Shen and Vlad jr. Both going to be free agents after next season. They're going to have to probably extend one of them and, you know, we'll see what kind of decision they make. I'm willing to bet they haven't made up their mind yet. And that means these next two years are world series or robust type of seasons. We've already said that, but you know, the, an offseason headlined by Justin Turner and Kevin Kiermaier, and that's not going to make the necessary improvements to climb from 89 wins to, to 99 wins, right? I mean, this this has kind of been a disappointing offseason for the Blue Jays. Yeah, if I were to give them a grade, I mean, it, it's they did replace Brandon Belt with a guy that I think is probably a better bet to be close to his you know 2023 season and Justin Turner. Um, maybe a little more consistent, even though he is 39 years old, um, you know, and we can talk a little bit more. I, you know, Justin Turner, that signing to me was kind of weird because you really feel like Vlad Jr. needs to be de-aging mm-hmm. and, you know, Justin Turner's probably going to have to de-age most of the time, just if, if nothing else, because he's 39 years old and to keep him healthy. So that, that was kind of interesting part of that too, but um, this this team is it, it, it's you know we'll talk about you know maybe what, what makes them click this year. I, I think that they they've got a weird mix of guys who are pretty young and you know kind of in their prime type players who haven't necessarily played up to their talent level. Like Vlad Jr. last year was worth one F four. This guy was the yeah. number one prospect in baseball. He it, year before last or in or 2021 he hit. He he was like the he would have been a runaway MVP in non Otani years, and he's in last year he put up one F war. Like this is a guy that you know you would expect him to be back at least better than he was last year. You know, um, and you know they got so they got the, some of those guys and then you know, guys like Dalton Varsho who was kind of hyped up last year before the season after they made that trade. And it looks like they clearly lost that trade, even though Dalton Varsho is still a good player. Uh, Gabriel Marino was really good for the Diamondbacks. And, you know, you brought in Dalton Varsho and he's playing left field and, you know, he's a good defender in left field. But, like, 
the bat's just okay. You know, he's like a about a league average hitter, I believe, last year. And and then you got a couple of aging veterans and and George Springer and um and Justin Turner. And then you know your rotation's kind of a, a mix too. You got a 35 year old Chris Bassett, 33 year old Kevin Gossman. You know, you're, you've got some veterans in that rotation. So, uh, you know, this is a team that seems like it, it like you mentioned, it, it should be World Series or bust because you've got all those pitchers in their mid 30s and you've got your two kind of superstar type players in your in your lineup are nearing free agency. And then you've got some other guys in your lineup like like Springer and, you know, and Justin Turner, who are, you know, on the starting to be on the decline a little bit. So. Uh, this is definitely a very interesting, uh, interesting team, uh, and but I do think that you know they've got the the pedigree is there for them to really you know be successful in, in really all phases. I mean, their rotation could be successful, their their lineup could be successful, and their bullpen could be successful. They got a lot of talent. It's just been a matter of putting it all together these last couple of years, and you know we'll see if anything changes this year with that. It's been it's kind of a frustrating spot for them, and you know I would have liked to see them add to that a little bit more. For sure, and I want to you know note that the biggest addition that they've made this offseason might not be on this sheet. It looks like Alec Manoa has lost a ton of weight uh, per oh, his Instagram. That's and good. It, he and Vlad Jr. look like they're incredible shape in incredible shape uh, thus far this offseason. You know, and it, that might actually be the biggest addition is by some subtraction. If if Vlad Jr. and Manoa can be in a little bit better shape, those guys have struggled uh, with being on the heavier side and being out of shape. And I hey, I get it, right? But like, those are two guys who you know they going into the 2024 season, we are expecting that the Blue Jays are going to you know have to ride guys like that because they are so talented and. Ultimately, right, Manoa gets sent down to the minors and ends up not pitching the full season, struggling badly. And, you know, Vlad Jr. ends up being just not very, not as productive as he has been in years past. If you can get both of those guys back on track to how they were in 2023 and 2022, like that's, that's the kind of necessary additions this team is going to need. But you're relying on a lot of things that are out of the team control. And you're just kind of hoping that with getting in better shape and, you know, that's going to help Manoa's ability to pitch around the pitch clock. And he was slow to deliver. Right. So it was it's just it, that was not he wasn't in sync. And it seems like a fixable issue, but we don't know until we get to spring training here. And, you know, I otherwise and this team is really good. I think Kevin Gossman is a guy who hasn't gotten recognition for like his accomplishments in Toronto just yet. Like he is a perennial scion contender at this point. He's really gone from being a kind of an afterthought type of pitcher who pitched out of the bullpen for a little bit. Um to a Cy Young contender type of guy because he added a splitter and he still throws in the high nineties and he's just a really effective pitcher um, at all, at all times. And he was in the bull in the, the playoffs again last year. So, you know, ultimately it, it's going to come down to whether or not those guys that I mentioned, Manoa, Vlad Jr., maybe Varsho too, can step back up to the levels that we've seen from them in the past. And that's, that's what it's going to be. But expectations-wise, this Blue Jays team has to get in the playoffs again. They're going to be fighting for it all season. I ultimately don't think this is as good a roster as the Yankees, and I don't think it's as good a roster as the two teams that we're about to talk about. So they have an uphill climb in my mind. I'd probably pick them fourth right now. Um, but it's still a good roster. It's still a team that is going to be hunting the World Series. They're still in on free agents, I think. But it's just a matter of whether or not they can close those gaps um, with the player development and the internal development, I think that that is the most important factor for the Blue Jays this season. 
yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think if the, if this team doesn't doesn't do well this year, um, you know, doesn't hit expectations, I think it's part part of it is probably that Vlad Jr. doesn't bounce back. Their infield defense just looks awful right now. Vlad Jr. and Bo Bichette, not good defensively. Uh, you've got a and you've got a rookie in Davis Schneider and and Kevin Biggio, you know, that are in there too that haven't done a whole lot. They're not great defenders either, so. You know, you you really are going to have to rely on your, you know, getting a lot of swing and miss. And so they do have swing and miss pitchers, like Gossman and Barrios and Kikuchi's a swing and miss pitcher now too. But, um, you know, the outfield defense, anytime you have Kevin Kiermaier out there, you're not bad. And Varsho's really good. Springer's, take, you know, lost a couple steps. But, um, you know, I, I think that the lineup will probably do fairly well uh, regardless. I think that defense thing is a question mark. And then, you know, when you look at a team that has – you know, three thirty-three or older pitchers uh, in their rotation. You do worry a little bit about that, and then. Uh, but I think their bullpen is solid. I, I think this is a good roster. You know, the, the depth might not be fantastic, especially in the lineup. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from Schneider, and you don't know what you're going to get from. I, I mean, Alejandro Kirk had a down year last year too. Um, you know, and and if your star players, your star players got to play like stars, and that they haven't the last couple of years, and they got to play like stars. So, um, I think that's kind of the, the key, and the clubhouse dynamics a big thing for this team too, because I think that there's been some maturity issues at times the last couple of years with this team, and that there's been times where it's improved, and that you know, hopefully with a little bit of um, you know, bringing in guy like Justin Turner and and having some uh, maybe just another year under their belts in the big leagues and going through a little bit of adversity last year and, and year before maybe will maybe turns these guys around. Like you said, Alec Manoa and, and Vlad Jr. both coming in, you know, in a lot better shape for spring training this year would be a big step and uh, you know showed some maturity and, and preparation that that went in through the off season. So that's a couple of other things to kind of look out for. But um, but yeah, I mean, like you said this team really needs to make the playoffs and make their run because I don't think the window is wide open. And this isn't a team that's just going to spend a gargantuan amount of money. They will spend the blue Jays aren't a low budget team or something, but they're not going to spend a, a sizable chunk of money to, you know, to, to really keep this thing um, afloat unless it's real successful. And I think they've only got a couple more shots at that. So but uh, but moving on, uh, our next team. Uh, speaking of teams that will don't spend a lot of money, um, we're going to talk now about the Tampa Bay Rays. They finished second last year. They won 99 games and finished second. It's very uh, unfortunate for them. Um, and they lost to the future World Series champion Texas Rangers in the wild card round uh, in two games. They lost both of them at home, and it was it was rough. But um, this offseason has been a little bit painful for them, I think. I don't know about painful, but just it's been one of the, a raise offseason, right? Tyler Glasnow in the last year of his contract, they trade him off. They get a, a rotation piece in Ryan Pepio that's kind of post-hype. Um, you know, they, they obviously with the Wander Franco situation, their shortstop situation has been a little bit questionable, um, but they uh, they also trade. Uh, Luke Rayleigh to the Mariners for Jose Caballero to, to play shortstop for them. So, you know, the, the Rays are just making Rays types of moves in my mind, right? Uh, you know, guys in the last year of arbitration with a $25 million salary, that guy's never going to play for the Rays. Uh, 
on any at, at any point. And then you know they also know that this team is so good at developing pitching, so good at developing uh, position players that they can just you know find a guy, turn him into a half a good season, and then trade him off. And you know that's what we saw with Luke Rayleigh and. I'm honestly surprised they haven't done the same with Harold Ramirez, though I think there's been some understanding around baseball of how Harold Ramirez is getting to his um, success. But overall, I mean, I think this is a team that has all the talent in the world um, and all of the, you know, we, we didn't get a chance to talk about it really, but they've also extended the manager and general manager, um, Kevin Cash. And I got to double check the uh, the general manager's name real quick that on me for not remembering that yeah i'm i'm not i'm not 100 sure i forget it his name too it but uh eric neander president of baseball right. operations eric neander they both got extended to 2028 um you know they, they, the rays are very clearly of the belief that they're doing doing the right way and they're not going to vary from their their belief on this right they've signed phil Na- phil maton that's it but of all the bullpens we've looked at so far, this is easily the best bullpen that we've seen so far. It's probably the best bullpen in baseball. Um, and it's a bunch of guys that you've probably never heard of. But Sean Armstrong and Garrett Clevenger are going to be like their, their fifth and sixth inning guys. And those are guys that had like a 1-3 ERA last year, did uh, Sean Armstrong in 50 innings. So, you know, this team is just disgusting with their, their player development. And, and you know, they, they can do that because the player development is so good. They can operate uh, pinching pennies all the time. Yeah, I think that this team, for me, um, this offseason for them, I, they you know, they added some interesting pieces. I mean, Phil Maton was an interesting piece to, to add. Um, I believe he was pretty decent last year. They actually added Chris Davinsky, too, which is kind of a name that I had not heard in a long time. You know, he used to be one of the key relievers for the Astros when they, you know, kind of started their run. And it's been a while since I've heard that name. And I see that they added him on a one-year deal. But uh, it looks like a major league deal. So I guess he'll be in their bullpen. But, um, I mean, the the Tyler Glass now trade is painful. And the main reason it's painful is not because you didn't get good pieces back in return. It's really because the Rays should extend guys like that occasionally yeah. and they aren't and i mean especially when you've got a team that's about to compete hope, hoping to compete and and make the playoffs and and you know make a world series run they've been close to, to the world series run and you know you're anytime you you know you're trading away your best pitcher like you know and and, and this is a team that you know what do you mean zach Eflin's still there well, uh, Zach Eflin's <laughs> really good too. I mean, but but I mean, you've, this is a team that's got like their their rotation on their injured list is still as good as their rotation on their you know mm-hmm. their active list. I mean, they've got Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, and Jeffrey Springs are all you know out for. I don't know if Jeffrey Springs might be able to come back late this season. He had Tommy John surgery in the middle of April. I, I would assume he's not. And I mean, they they're missing those three guys all year, so. Um, you know, you kind of look at, you know, the Shane, rotation. Shane Boz is on the on the injured list too. Shane Boz is on the injured list. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, of course, he's been on the injured list for feels like forever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, the bullpen is insanely good. Pete Fairbanks is probably the best closer that you don't know about in baseball mm-hmm. right now. Uh, they also got like you know Jason Adam, Colin Poche are really good. Garrett Clevenger's projected this year for a 3.53 ERA. That's better than the best reliever on a bunch of teams. 
Um, so their bullpen should be good. And their lineup is interesting. Um, you know, I, it really does feel like their lineup is missing a big piece with the unfortunate situation where Wander Franco is no longer um, a good person. <laughs> and no, good point. Yeah, he's a bad well person who, yeah, I mean, it's like if Wander Franco was, you know, a good person and was able to stay in this lineup, then I'd feel really good about this lineup, but he did bad things. Well, and, you know, now he's not even, probably not never going to be in the, united states again so um you know you look at the rest of this lineup and randy rosarena is a really good player josh lowe had a breakout year paredes is really good yandy diaz was awesome last year you kind of look at it start to get a little bit thin though um i i think this this projection you're looking at it's not taking into account junior coming i was gonna say junior top five prospects i was gonna say he's he's gonna be up there and he and he might be able to play shortstop Maybe, and at least just, for the first year or two. Yeah, it's just difficult because you know, I think that Junior Caminero could be really, really, really good, and he's obviously you know rated as a top ten, top five type prospect in baseball for a reason. But you know, you've got a World Series contending team, and you'd like to have some kind of stopgap for you know a nineteen year old or twenty year old to mm-hmm. maybe not have to be the guy immediately, like. I mean, you would like to see him come up and be the guy, but, you know, you might want to have some kind of insurance. And I don't know if Jose Caballero is going to be that what that good of an insurance policy there. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, and I think it's just one of those team things where every year we do this with the Rays, or at least I do, where I sit here and think, man, this roster doesn't look – it looks good. It's got good players, but it doesn't look that good. And then they went like 95 games, and I'm like, well, they were pretty good. So, <laughs> um, you know, but this year I, I really do, I do really do have some concerns with the rotation. And um, of course, you know, if they can get through four innings every time, then their bullpen's so good it might not matter. So, um, but I think the strength of this team definitely, you know, the top of that, you know, a lot of that lineup is is pretty solid. And then that bullpen, man, that bullpen is sick. So. They're gonna they're gonna have a good year and and if they don't do well I think it's some of those kind of question mark type bats that they have like you know Jonathan Aranda and Jose Caballero slash Junior Caminero you know if he's able to come up and, and really do well Rene Pinto I don't really think that's that great of a catching uh, situation with him and Alex Jackson being their catchers it looks like uh, and then their rotation maybe not the best i mean you've got zach Littell, ryan pepio and, and taj bradley being three of your five and i think that there's some upside with those guys especially taj bradley who showed some flashes last year but at the same time you know it's not the same race that had shane mcclanahan and drew rasmussen and jeffrey springs and tyler glass now and all these guys last year so uh, they definitely seem to have taken a little bit of a step back a lot of it being through injuries but also the tyler glass now trade and, uh, you know, oh, and they also lost Luke Rayley, who had a huge year last year. We didn't even mention that. So, uh, you know, I think this is a team that is still really good. Um, I don't know if – I think they're kind of on the same tier as the Blue Jays, more so than being on the Yankees and Orioles tier. But, you know, they this is another team that um, – I do think there's a little bit of wiggle room with this team for if the young guys play really, really well. Like, Caminero comes up and does well. Aranda is able to, you know, improve. Curtis Mead's another guy, uh, a, a young prospect that could be a big piece for them in the future that, that could come up this year again. 
if those young guys really succeed, I think that could be a successful year, even if they do take a little bit of a step back. Because next year, you're going to acquire three pitchers, it looks like, from coming mm-hmm. back from injury. So, you know, you could kind of get back to making that real run again next year. But uh, definitely an interesting team to look at. I feel very... Um... I feel very safe to say that the the off season great. I mean, I give them a, yeah. a D, D minus maybe like, but again, a D minus for the Rays, very different because their goals are going to be different. And this is an organization that is not going to be committed to paying for players, signing free agents, etc. They very much have invested in belief in the development of players. And as much as Matt and I and, and Damian, when he's here too, are going to be um, critical of, of this organization, the way they handle their players, it works for them. And this is how they op- they do business. So, you know, they, I'm sure, right? We are sitting here looking at this rotation going, Aaron Savale is your number two pitcher. Like, what are you doing? But at the same time, the Rays are an organization that are going to find something with somebody. If even if that something is the look, we only need the bullpen to be good to have a successful team. We don't need five regular starting pitchers. We're going to generate good ones from our minor league system, from our waiver claims. We've we target guys like Tyler Alexander, right? For you know, who just come over and uh, hey, we we figure out something, and all of a sudden he's really successful, right? Like that's all it takes for this team to be good. And and I don't anticipate they make any splashes on any of the remaining free agents. I, what I anticipate is that they find a way because they always do. And ultimately, right now, I think I predict them to finish third behind the Yankees and the Orioles. But I I just, you know, this is a team that's going to be contending for the playoffs and having an elite bullpen when contending for the playoffs means you're going to be able to go far because you can rely on that bullpen in those short series. Like, so you can at least get out of the first round, potentially, as long as you're not playing like the best team, like the Rangers, which the only reason they were playing the Rangers in the first place was because the Rangers lost on Sunday before the playoffs, right? If they're playing the Astros, I think the Braves win and, and they make it at least one round in the playoffs. So. I mean, yeah, this is a this is a team with a lot of a lot of really, really, really good talent and it's well evaluated and it's well run and they're going to keep doing it exactly this way, whether we like it or not. Yeah, like I said, it just, you know, I'd probably put them behind the Blue Jays and it just feels like sick to put them (laughs) number four because that team is so good. But that's what kind of bloodbath this division is. Uh, But moving on, uh, our final team is the team that won this division last year and won 101 games in just a what was just an awesome year like everything went right for this team last year it was awesome and everything went right until the playoffs where they really had a bad playoff series uh you know and that was disappointing for sure Mm -hmm. but uh you know you look at the, the baltimore orioles um and this free agency we could talk about first or slash the you know the moves they've made um well it was looking like what are we doing why are we not doing anything and then boom corbin burns yeah just like that right i mean the offseason goes from a sure f where we were 100% decided that this they were going the wrong direction and would probably still be the favorites in this division um without having added and taken advantage of all that. And then they go out and trade for Corbin Burns. Uh, and also Angelus sold the team, which I think is a bigger acquisition even than getting Corbin Burns. 
right? You know, just having owners that might be somewhat invested in the team winning and, and doing their best to turn that team in. You know, even if they, I think they're businessmen type guys. So what we'll expect is they'll want to build up the team and turn it over for a profit in the future. Right. You know, they buy it for like, it's like 1.7 billion or something. They're going to want to turn that into three or 4 billion. So, but in order to do that, you need to win. So you have to put up some money in, you know, on the front end to, to get that. And you, you've, you're obviously in such a good situation with this Baltimore team where they've been bad for so long that the stars are all coming together right now, along with solid major league players. And it's, it's concocting this organization that is ready to explode but it needs some investment and it needs some some additional you know pieces and Craig Kimbrell can't be your only free agent signing if you want to win the World Series next year, <laughs> like like that's where we are. It's like the, look, Corbin Burns is is massive for this this group. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Corbin Burns is so huge for this team. He gives them an anchor at the top of the rotation, a clear surefire opening day starter, playoff game number one, ace type guy that is going to lead them for this season. Potentially, you know, a guy they can extend. Um, just it's just huge, right? And and being able to slide Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez, who started game one and two of the wild card game and both got beat last year, being able to slide them back into games two and three, absolutely huge. You'd you'd probably like to slide them back to three and four if you could. Um, but again, and, and I, I think the Royals should really be going out there and grabbing Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery. I think that's, <laughs> they need to do that. That, that, that really fits with where, where this team is, uh, you know, again, it's a bad off season overall because they haven't done that, but they're really one free agent pitcher away from having like an A off season. They've already cleaned up from F to C plus so far with Corbin Burns. I mean, maybe even B minus. And one free agent pitcher from here puts them in A plus territory, and this is a team that's prized to win over a hundred games again. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm rambling a little bit, but I, this 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 organization needs to to invest a little bit into the starting rotation because it's you know maybe one more pitcher away from feeling like the best team in Major League Baseball on the American League side. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think I give it a little bit better than than that as a whole because. The thing is with this team, like you're trying to figure out where do you, where do you, who do you, who are you going to replace in that lineup? Like you could definitely have added somebody that could play first base, but you know you've got prospects that that could play first base that are really good prospects, and you know you've got, I mean, I mean you could replace O'Hearn. Of course, Ryan O'Hearn also had a really good year last year, but you look at like you're not going to replace Gunner, Adley, Santander. Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Mountcastle, like they're better than everybody on the free agent market at their positions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to make a move in the in the lineup, who are you going to replace? I mean, they did make their big move in the rotation. They needed a frontline starter. There did rumors all offseason about, you know, why are they not getting one? Are they going to get Cease? Are they going to get trade for somebody? And then, you know, we get, they get Corbin mm-hmm. Burns, who's probably the best talent-wise, is probably the best one on the market. So they got him. They can slide Bradish down and Grayson Rodriguez down. You've got a really formidable one, two, three. If Grayson Rodriguez can continue to take that step, and, and Kyle Bradish yeah. was was for real last year, and we got to remember Grayson Rodriguez was. I mean, he's got such a great pedigree, and then he showed that promise last year. It's not like he's a guy that hasn't really, you know, that that just kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. Like this guy's. I mean, he was expected to be an ace in the big leagues for most of his prospectum. He was expected to be an ace, and he's kind of shown that. 
Um, you know, even the bench is pretty deep. I mean, Ramon Urias is not a bad player. Jorge Mateo is not a bad player. They're both, right. you know, big time pieces on your bench that can that can handle a lot of things. James McCann's not a bad backup catcher. You know, right. and then you look at their bullpen. That's really the place that I would have added a little bit more is bullpen without Felix Bautista there this year. Junior Cano's really good. Kimbrell was a decent signing. I really think Kimbrell's over the curb, but over the hill a little bit. But he's still, you know, he's still all right. Uh, Danny Colombe is pretty good. You know, I, I do think that they could probably have added another reliever, but I mean, there's still time. Maybe. Yeah, and there's still relievers time to add. Relievers cost money. I was so. going to say, relievers, there's still <laughs> definitely time. And they also have, I mean, you look at all the the uh, the guys that they have in um, in the minor leagues still, too, that are, you know, like pretty good relief. Like Keegan Aiken is a guy that has pitched to the big leagues a good bit, could could turn into a really good reliever. He's been a starter a lot in the big leagues. And, you know, they can start to transition some of those guys who are former high-rated prospects and that we're starting. Cave Povich is another guy that might be able to help out in the bullpen a little bit. So you've got all those guys. The depth is really, really good um, with this team. And you've still got all these, I mean, on, on the fan graphs depth charts right now, you've got Heston Kerstad and Colton Kowser listed as being triple A players. Right. Like they have big league experience from last year and they have the pedigree and they could very easily come up and be really good at the big league level. So, I mean, this team is just, they've got so much. I don't know where else you could add. I think that probably what they're doing is they're going to play out the first half of this season. They have so many prospects they can still deal for. Oh, we haven't even talked about Jackson Holiday, too. Yep. Um, yep. They've got so many, yeah, they've got so many prospects that they could, you know, use to, to pick up more pieces that, I think they're probably what I would do if I were them is is wait until halfway through the season and figure out where are we going to sh- where are our guys struggling to really come along like is Grayson Rodriguez taking a step back um you know do do we really need more bullpen help you know has um uh, you know has Jackson Holiday I, I think there's a chance he makes the opening day roster you know and if he doesn't like you know there's one in infield piece that maybe or first base maybe and Ryan O'Hearn what if Pete Alonso is available to the deadline because the Mets are out of it like you've got prospects like you can I think they're going to wait and see because they've got they, they feel pretty good about every position just see where one maybe you have an injury and then you can go add the deadline and honestly use all that money that you don't aren't spending right now like you're you know your payroll so low and everything you got new ownership coming in which probably won't take you know take over for a little while but uh, you know, you've got you're going to have a lot of flexibility with with even with a new ownership. You know, they should have some payroll flexibility. Extend guys, give Adley his extension, give Gunnar Henderson his extension, give Jackson Holiday an extension. Like, you know, you can spend money instead of buying in free agency. You can spend it on your own guys and prolong your window that's already open with a bunch of 25 year olds and and younger. So. Uh, this is definitely a, a really good roster, and uh, I mean, I give the offseason probably a B, and uh, I just don't – I don't really see too many places unless they're pitching with Radish and Rodriguez, both kind of taking a little bit of a step back maybe. Unless that happens, yeah, I don't see a lot of ways that this is going to fail. My my big concern is John Means in, yeah. in this rotation, right? He He's back from injury, but – is John Means going to be able to be the same? I want to say it was him. It's him coming back from Tommy John surgery, another yes. elbow injury, yep. right? Like that is by no means a guarantee. He's over thirty, you know. And, and 
not to mention, right, if Jordan Montgomery is not tied to a qualifying offer right now, he's sitting in free agency. You're going to have to pay a little bit, but Jordan Montgomery is a solid starter with playoff experience. Being able to insert him into this rotation over John Means, right, and, and, and effectively over Bradish and Rodriguez, and, and allowing for that one-two punch, righty-lefty, of uh, Burns and then Montgomery, you know, it, you, you just all of a sudden this this rotation goes from being strong, but let's get past Burns and then we've got a chance to ah crap, we've got the guy who went and won the World Series last year, and oh wait, we we have to pick between Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish for for third starter. Like it's the perfect place for them, and like you said, they do not have any money on the books. This is a group that could absolutely maybe even overpay a little bit for a Jordan Montgomery, who's a solid starter. He's not flashy, but he's going to win you games. I just think it's a perfect home. But again, it's the Orioles. They they just haven't been willing to commit money like that, commit long-term money. We'll see if they are still able to go out there and do something. And I, I maintain that Scott Boris is the reason that yeah. Jordan Montgomery hasn't signed versus Montgomery wanting to be a free agent right now. But Yeah, I would be shocked if the Orioles committed long-term money until the new ownership takes over, though. Yeah, I think I, a lot I, of times that you. can really be a problem with a with a sell. And 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 for for Jordan Montgomery too. I, I just if I'm the Orioles right now, I want to keep that flexibility and figure out exactly where you're going to need the the pieces because I don't want to give Jordan Montgomery like five or six years and then not be able to lock up a couple of your your young guys when if he doesn't do well and they. You know, I think that it's kind of one of those things where you can wait, you know, wait till the deadline because the White Sox are going to be trying to trade Dylan Cease. I mean, you know, and it sounds like they're not going to do it before the season. If you're if if John Means is struggling or Bradish or Rodriguez or somebody gets hurt or something, then you can do that at the deadline and and get somebody too. they have so much prospect capital that I don't even know if they need to spend on a 30 year old free agent. Um, yeah. so it's definitely going to be interesting to see what, what, where, where, where they go. And, and of course, you know, obviously they have to, they have to win a lot of games and get to that point first. But, uh, this team just, this team does look awesome on paper. I, I'll, I'm excited to see what they, how they play this year. Um, it should be a fun, fun season for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. So, but, uh, believe that'll wrap us up for our, uh, breakdown here. Um, we have gone on about a little over an hour talking about these uh these uh these teams in the AL East. So I believe next week are we gonna do the AL Central or the NL I East? So. I believe AL Central. Okay. But we I could be wrong because I think yeah. we're, en- we're ending with the NL West. That's all I know. I gotcha. Well, the thing about the AL Central is that none of those teams will. I was gonna say none of those teams will probably sign any of the free agents. So if they're not signed, we're probably not gonna be missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think. Um, I guess I, I guess there's theoretically a chance maybe the Twins would sign one of them or something, but probably not. And um, yeah, that is one other thing that uh, there's two other things that we probably need to mention. We're talking about these teams spending or not spending. Uh, I believe that Bally actually settled with a couple of the yes. teams this week. So the Rangers and the Twins, you know, that's kind of what reminded me of it. Um, those are two of the teams that I believe Cleveland as well yep. uh, that are kind of have a little bit more security and what they're going to, you know, their revenue is going to look like this year. So maybe you could see one of them get involved with somebody. Um, and then also, I think we forgot to mention it with the uh, Red Sox, but Corey Kluber retired. So 
He did. Um, yeah, I was I was gonna save Corey Kluber for. Yeah, maybe we can talk about him. Yeah, later. Give but... him his own segment where we're not cramming a minute hour the hour eight. Yeah. Mark, so. So. But uh, but yeah um, so we'll uh, I guess we will if you got any unless you got any final thoughts, David. Um, we'll move on and finish up here and uh, you know see everybody next week. Got any th- final thoughts? Uh, we started strong, I think. I think this is one of the better divisions. It's a very high chance that we just talked about the World Series champion for 2024, I think. Um, which team that is, I don't know. I think there could be four playoff teams from this division. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, again, I just I don't know that the moves are all done either. I, I think we could definitely see a move from this division. And for the second time today, we apologize. Uh, we recorded this on February 12th. If the Yankees, Baltimore, somebody signed somebody. We're sorry. Uh, they weren't part of the, the preview, but uh, for what they have right now, you know, I think we, uh, we've we done a good job and uh, we covered those teams quite yeah. quite thoroughly. I think we broke down a little bit of what it would look like if they added them too. So <laughs> A little bit. But, uh, all right, well, I guess that'll wrap us up. I um, hope everyone has a good week and we will be back with you next week.